0: Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers
1: on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas on a Thursday, February 15th, nearing noon Eastern. Uh had some news this morning on Michigan's defensive coaching staff, which is pretty much filled up at this point. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about some NIL news as well, some uh, uh, a record-breaking NFL combine news. Uh, but before we do that, make sure to like the video. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. And we have a special offer for podcast listeners and viewers at TheWolverine.com. You can get two months of premium access for just $1 using the promo code U-M-1. That's U-M in the numeral one. So uh, check us out over there. You can become a a poster on our message board like the rest of the crazies over there, which I include myself in that. Uh, But CB, how's it going today? Doing great, Clay. Um, Nice to
2: get this coaching staff settled right and then we can concentrate on football and and spring ball and everything else and uh you know didn't quite go the way a lot of us expected to with the continuity hire, and we will see how it plays out but certainly uh sharon moore was aggressive and going after his guys and it looks like there are a lot of uh, great additions to his staff again we wish him nothing but success it's gonna be a tough act to to follow with jim harbaugh it's funny (laughs) excuse me Clay you see these th- people saying wow with Jim flirting with the NFL every year you know maybe Sharon will be the guy that gets the statue down the down the line and I'm like man uh, it took Jim Harbaugh six years to get elite and he's one of the best coaching coaches in the country if Sharon accomplishes half of that uh, I'll be thrilled frankly I mean and that's just the reality of it it has nothing to do with his ability Clay but uh, I'm gonna miss Jim Harbaugh for that reason
1: yeah I mean a guy that was at the top of the NFL and, and came back and it still was very tough. I mean, Urban Meyer made it hard. Uh, You know, some officials made it hard back in 2016, but like the margins are so thin, you get one bad spot and, you know, things go completely different than you expected in year two. And then, you know, you got to wait till 2021 to win the big 10 championship. So absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think that's why, You're right. Like there were some people that were frustrated that Harbaugh was flirting and they were saying, all right, just go, Jim. You know, well, it's like, well, no, it's easy to say that in the moment on January 21st or whatever it was. But it's, uh, you know, reality doesn't, you know, it it can hit you in the face a little bit. I mean, we'll talk about it in a second, but I do like some of the moves that Sharon Moore has made with his coaching staff. But it's going to look different and it's going to be an uphill battle for him to climb as a first-time head coach, but again, I mean, he was hired and and they have the confidence in in him that he can do it. Um, And you know what else? You're right,
2: by the way. You were absolutely right about Harbaugh when everybody, when it was 50-50 on our website. Uh, We took a poll and say, hey, is Jim Harbaugh still the right guy to go forward in in 2020? And now that we look back on it in hindsight, that was a, that was a write-off season, you know? And if you think about it, when you're stopping and starting practice all the time, and you got kids that aren't invested and they're thinking, why am I, giving my all to this when, you know, I'm going to be gone next year, three, four elite players opted out, you know, and I was one of those that said if Jim Harbaugh gets back to being the guy, uh, because I had my doubts, I absolutely did. And I think a lot of other people did too, that, okay, he's got to get back to being that coach that has that fire that, you know, what's your deal, Jim, uh, is what I said on every radio show. I remember going on a huge show and saying it on our podcasts. If he's that guy, especially after getting your cut pay cut in half, uh, and you've got that fire lit under you, and I'm not giving Ward Manual credit for lighting that fire on him. I think the competitor in Jim Harbaugh would have come out anyway after a two-and-four season. But uh, to me, uh, he switched that gear, and we saw the best of Jim Harbaugh in the last three years. Better late than never, buddy. I will never forget it.
1: Yeah, it was a heck of a run, and uh, and watching him, it is weird watching him with Los Angeles. He's kind of got that same energy going and uh, building his own staff and hitting the ground running with free agency and, and all that. but. Uh, what he did at Michigan was, was pretty incredible. And, um, you know, obviously disappointing. They weren't able to keep him, but, you know, Michigan has a new era ahead. He's got new challenges ahead. Uh, Let's talk about some of those challenges and some big news on Wednesday with Michigan's NIL. Uh, They signed a partnership with Altius sports partners and also furthered their existing partnership with Learfield. Uh, But, you know, my biggest takeaway from it is the executive general manager position with Altius. That's going to come in. They're a consulting uh, firm, I guess you could say, on on NIL, working with a few dozen college athletic departments, um, consulting. You know, giving them best practices, giving them their advice. And there's an executive GM position that's going to be coming into Michigan, where he's going to work within the athletic department, be a, a employee of Altius, and to me with that position specifically, you know, I understand if you're an athletic department employee, if you're Ward Manual of the Athletic Department, like you you want NIL to be good, you need that to be good, but you also do have to look out for the bottom line and and everything else in, in development. Um but to have somebody in there whose agenda is NIL and hey this is what you could do to do NIL better. That guy's not going to be making the decisions necessarily but he can make those recommendations, give them all the facts of what the reality is Uh, So I think that's a nice, a nice step for Michigan in the NIL space. And
2: finding NIL opportunities for kids. Uh, You know, we were talking about one of my buddies who was up at Northwestern and watching how they did it on the basketball side of things. And, you know, everybody thought, Hey, Northwestern, if you want to poach some kids, you know what, go to Northwestern. They're probably, you know, not getting anything. Well, Altius was one of the reasons that some of their bigger kids stuck around, excuse me. And, to, uh, and that's been a long time coming at Michigan. First, it was supposed to be uh, out west, William Morris Endeavor, and that didn't pan out. You know, they were supposed to be a pioneer there, and for whatever reason, that didn't work. Uh, but Altius has been around now for a while, and Michigan's been in the works with them for a while. Uh, better late than never, I would say. But the bigger news was that yeah. Champion Circle is really starting to get the donations here. Uh, a couple of really big ones uh, from anonymous donors that are getting them up to where they need to be to not only retain their roster, which is something that Sharon Moore is going to need. He's going to have to hit the ground running here, and he needs his players on board, especially after losing guys like Ben Herbert and that. Uh, there were some kids that were questioning whether or not they were coming back. And then to go out into the portal and find some pieces that could make this team Really, really good, Clay. I understand, and, and people keep telling me, well, you don't lose that kind of talent and eighteen guys to the NFL uh, combine and and come back and have a good year. You can have a good year, doesn't you know? There's nothing that says with the talent returning that you can't have a good year. There's a lot of really good talent on this football team. Are they going to be national championship contenders? Probably not, uh, and that's okay. But you can make a playoff. You can sneak in in a twelve-team playoff, in my opinion, if you find a quarterback. So that's big news. Um, I love that. I love seeing that because, again, it's been they've been playing catch up here, which should never happen at a place like Michigan. But to finally get that uh, is good news.
1: Yeah. And I do want to make it clear that my anonymous donate or my donations that I made were anonymous. So. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Clay, I was trying
2: to protect your identity here. Okay, so I did did the best I could. But I did you see me winking at you and stuff, you know. Right. Exactly. So no, I mean that multimillion dollar donation, Clay.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um but it's it's huge that champion circle has kind of continued their momentum and you got to give them a lot of credit for the efforts that they've they've had and you know Santa Ono going around and Ward Manuel during Michigan's championship run as well in Los Angeles and Houston and and capitalizing on that you have to keep it going because okay well you know you have this amount of money for this season well next year you kind of need the next amount i remember we were talking to a former ohio state player last summer and they were he was talking about uh donor fatigue with nil and that was last summer now right. obviously ohio state got desperate they lost to michigan and they don't have that donor fatigue anymore yeah three times <laughs> and so they they maybe don't have it anymore but as we're seeing on the basketball side and one of the points you made in a column a week or two ago was okay well if juan howard stays is that going to be exciting enough for the donors to get in line and donate for nil and i'm not saying that the same thing is going to happen to Michigan football that's happening with Michigan basketball. But basically my point is great job. They're, they're doing good work. They're, they're, you know, making, getting traction here, but it has to continue for years and years and years. Uh, But in the short term, yeah, if you can get some guys out of the transfer portal, if you can keep these guys on the current roster, there's enough talent. It's one thing. If you lose 18 guys who could be picked uh, off of an eight and four team, like, you know, even in 2016, that was a great team and they had a lot of talent. I think then they They set the Michigan record with 11 draft picks the next spring. Uh, But that was 11 draft picks off of a team that was 10-3. and You know, and again, they could have been better, as we mentioned at the top. But this is 18 guys off of a national championship team that was really deep as hell. They have a ton of talent on defense left. So you need to get this done in the short term uh, to keep everybody, get some transfers. You also need to get it done in the long term. And it seems like they're on their way to doing that. They did it finally, right? And uh, it got dicey. When Herb left, Ben Herbert left and
2: these kids got together and were walking out of that room and some of them were literally in tears and talking about their next moves, according to some of the families that we've spoken with. And each one of those adds up, right? When you lose your position coach, you lose your head coach, you lose your strength coach, you lose your coordinator. So keeping these guys on defense to me is really a testament to. These guys, A, believe in the culture at Michigan, and B, believe in Sharon Moore. Maybe not in that order, right? Everybody I've talked to loves Sharon Moore. And it's going to be very interesting to see um, how he proceeds here as his own coach instead of you know being in Jim Harbaugh's shadow. But he was basically the annoyed one, right? That Jim Harbaugh – and I trust Jim Harbaugh's judgment, as I know you do, Clay. Okay, this guy is ready for this, uh, but we're going to find out. And it's not as simple as saying – Somebody saying, okay, this guy's ready to be a head coach. Uh, And I'll give Juwan Howard as an example, right? A lot of people thought, okay, well, this just makes sense. He's been an assistant coach, uh, but he's never run a college program. And that's one thing to his credit that he recognized. And he went out and got Phil Martelli as his right-hand man, worked for a couple of years or at least a year, you know, and now we're kind of seeing a regression there. So, uh, but I trust that Sharon Moore is going to be, if he has the NIL, behind him he's going to be a great young recruiter and an aggressive recruiter uh, I, he's one of the best guys i've ever met in this business and i don't I mean, that's not that's not hyperbole this guy is just a really good down-to-earth person i hope it stays that way uh we, we hope to you know have the same kind of relationship we've always had with him and i don't expect that to change uh, because he's such a good person from what we understand so but it is different running your own program than filling in or being an offensive coordinator. And he's kind of found that out having to replace a bunch of coaches. But to his credit, he went out and got what looks like a pretty darn good staff. Got maybe one more spot to fill. We'll see. Um, but he's not Jim Harbaugh. And the sooner that people come to grips with that, I think the sooner, uh, you know what, it, it, this is. You, there are high expectations of him. But expecting him to win at an unprecedented level like Jim Harbaugh did in three years, to me, is
1: unfair especially right away. I think it was right. going to be tough even for a Jim Harbaugh led Michigan team to follow up a national championship this year or you know make it back to the title game or or what have you especially with the added competition in the Big 10 and Michigan's challenging schedule but um I want to move on and talk about the Wolverines commemorative issue. We uh the pre-orders are done. We had way over our expectations on those. So thank you to everybody who bought one? I think they were heeding my advice of buy three, one for yourself, one for a friend and one to kind of store away uh, in the archives there. So appreciate everybody doing that. But we still have over a thousand copies available of each of the magazine version for nineteen ninety five and the book for thirty five ninety five. So it's one hundred and forty four pages of content looking back at Michigan's twenty twenty three national championship winning season, uh, 12th ever national title in program history we got all sorts of stuff from that looking back at each game columns analysis uh, exclusive interviews features on some of the top players so uh and just a great cover as well i think i'm going to get one blown up and and throw it up on the wall so uh very excited to uh to get that out there it ships out next week for the magazine version the book will ship in mid-march but uh go to the wolverine on demand.com or visit the link in the description of either the video or the podcast here to order yours. Again, still over a thousand copies of each of the magazine and the book.
2: Get two of those blown up. Well, yeah, I want one on my wall as well. And I'll I'm going to get you one back. then. I'll, yeah. I'll pay it back. You know, I'm good for it. It takes a year or two, but I'm good for that five bucks.
1: Hey, we, I got you. Yeah. So All we will right, get you. that done. Um, right. It's exciting. I can't wait to see it. So go to the Wolverine on link in the description as well. Uh, 18 Wolverines invited to the NFL combine, as we mentioned, which is ridiculous. It breaks LSU's previous record of 20, uh, in 2020 of 16. Uh, and that was a hell of a draft class. Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, all those guys in Jim Harbaugh's comment back in, uh, the summer last summer saying that Michigan could break Georgia's and he predicted it. I think, uh, their record of 15 draft picks in 2022 coming off of that ridiculous, uh, championship season that we saw firsthand in the semifinal game uh, jordan davis and all those guys but uh, i'll I'll run down the list here of the guys who got invited from Michigan JJ uh, McCarthy Blake Corum, Cornelius Johnson Roman Wilson AJ Barner Carson Barnhart Ladarius Henderson Trente Jones Trevor Keegan Drake Nugent Zach Sinter Jalen Harrell Braden McGregor Chris Jenkins Michael Barrett Junior Colson Mikey Sainristal and Josh Wallace and when I do count up the guys who I who I consider to be locks to be drafted I count I'm right at 15. That means I a guy you
2: that Clay I was going to say I'm going to put you on the spot how many are going to get drafted. Do you think they're going
1: to match at 15? I think they're going to match it. I would and if I think there's a better chance of them either not getting it or exceeding it, I would actually say exceeding it. I mean, think of the guys, mm. the only guys I don't have is a lock on there and I still think they could get picked. Or Cornelius Johnson, Carson Barnhart, in Trente Jones, and I think Carson and Trente could easily be picked. I mean, um,
0: and That's I think James. Turner,
1: what's If there's that? a seventh, if there's a seventh round pick and, uh, San, and Los Angeles
2: Chargers are on the board, or the Baltimore Ravens, it wouldn't sh- it wouldn't shock me. Or the know? Seahawks. Yeah, or the Seahawks. God, it's growing. It's growing. It's nice to have those guys to be able
1: to reach out to. You know, it is for sure. So I. And look, James Turner didn't get invited. He's a kicker. He could go late in the draft. You know, probably not, I would say. He's not one of the specialists that was invited. But there are only six or seven, including both punters and kickers. So you see that each and every year. Now, doing the math, there are 321 players invited to the Combine. There are 256 picks in this upcoming draft. So about 80% of the guys at the Combine overall will get picked. Um, actually probably less than that because there will be some guys that weren't invited who get selected, like we just mentioned with James Turner, but your reaction just to seeing that not a surprise, I guess, but I mean, to smash that record by two, yeah. um, and, in really Michigan had always kind of been around eight, nine, you know, guys, but to get 18 speaks to how deep and talented that team was last season.
2: I finally got a chance to sit down at my dad's house and my mom's mom and dad's house and watch the Alabama game and watch the. Washington game and looking at that talent out there first of all Josh Wallace who you mentioned what a year and what a postseason for that kid no and doubt. I went back and saw play after play after play he made everybody thought he was going to get picked on you know and uh every time maybe a ball went over his head and it wasn't very often Everybody was like oh see I told you it was going to be a weak link he was not only not a weak link he played an he had an outstanding year as that second corner and that just goes to show you in the portal it doesn't have to be that guy from Alabama or that five star you can get a guy like Josh Wallace who can play like a five star and be every bit as important so but the other takeaway i had from it clay was when you have rivals saying well they didn't have to go through an elite georgia team or you know the the best of the best alabama team there was no team out there like that well michigan was that team this year. Right. Yeah. They were so deep and so talented in every position that you can lose an All-American and Zach Zinter and still win a national championship. And frankly, the run blocking got better, in my opinion. Uh, it when and that, that's nothing to do with Zinter, obviously, but I think the way that these guys meshed a little bit better. If you look on the right side at Trente Jones and Carson Barnhart, um, they really started moving people off the ball and uh, did a few different things that really made that offense, that, that running game click. So, but Michigan was that team. You look at a guy like JJ McCarthy, he could be a top 10 pick. Now Blake Coram. Is an elite college running back, right? And no, he didn't have the Heisman Trophy year that many thought he could. But you look at Colston Loveland. He's going to be a first-round pick, in my opinion, next year. I and then you look look the, look the look defensive look. side of the ball, right? Right? The defensive side oh, of the full. ball is sick. That defensive line. So that's what I took from it. Um, this team is the best team in Michigan football history, with all due respect to the 1901 point-a-minute team that a little bit before my time, I still haven't found film. Uh, but we'll compare and contrast at some other point.
0: Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers.
1: Yeah, who would win head-to-head?
2: Head-to-head, head, I don't – see, that's, don't put me on the spot like that, okay? What kind of helmets do they get? Do they get real helmets or like little leather ones or do they even wear helmets? I don't know. See, that's not yeah, fair. That's
1: point. You it's can't compare Harris, yeah. Exactly. Um, but, no, I, in next year, it wasn't just 18 guys. Next year, they could have four. They have four guys who could be first-round picks yeah. this year. Col- Colston Loveland, Will Johnson, Mason Graham, and Kenneth Grant. And, you know, so that adds to it. And, yeah, I mean, look – Everyone that was saying, oh, Michigan's scared of Alabama based on the video when we were in the room, and I didn't think that at all. I actually didn't even know that was the reaction until we got in the car afterwards, which kind of proves us being there firsthand that it was not what we thought. Michigan's scared. They're going to get rolled over by Alabama. Those same people now are saying, oh, Alabama wasn't that good. They were the second most talented roster in college football history, according to the recruiting rankings and uh, who they brought in through the transfer portal as well. So – You can kind of do this revisionist history, you know, if you want, if you're in the South and you're trying to do that and and justify or, you know, or cope with Michigan winning the national championship, but it's just not really accurate. Um, and you know it kind of makes it even sweeter. I think that Michigan won because it, it has everybody. Their brains are broken basically at this point. But yeah, there was yeah, so yeah. much talent on that team, and I'm excited to watch these guys at the combine too. I think Anthony and I are going down for a couple of days, nice. and uh, maybe I'll hop in on the bench as well, see if I can get a couple of reps. But yeah, yeah, it's gonna be yeah. uh, it's gonna be exciting to watch all these guys in the NFL because forever, as Jim Harbaugh said, they're simply known as national champions. They're they're gonna have that walk that John Jansen walks around with, and all the guys from '97 who, uh, you know, who are national champs forever. Terry Mills, every game in basketball, he gets introduced as the national champ, Terry Mills. So these are all national champs. So it's going to be fun to follow the rest of their careers.
2: It's a fun fraternity. Uh, and I was watching Harbaugh too. Not only a, a a national championship fraternity, as Harbaugh said when he was being interviewed, I think at, I don't know if it was before the Super Bowl or something like that, yep, yep, about yep. winning it. He goes, man, we did this. You know, my lasting memory of J.J. McCarthy walking through out, out of the tunnel Um and he was going back towards the field after he went and got his phone or something like that. And he goes, he was talking to himself and he walked right past he goes, man, he goes, we just won the, the natty, you know? And it's like, that is such an unbelievable, unbelievably small fraternity and a, such an unbelievable accomplishment that even guys like the Boses, you know, when they were being put on the spot, what, what about Michigan and the cheating and he goes, uh-uh, they earned that shit, you know? Uh, so uh, real recognized real man. You know, so and uh, those guys, those guys are uh, those guys all understand that what Michigan accomplished out there was done on the
1: football field. What Bosa said that because Joey now plays for Jim.
2: Yeah, right. I don't remember. It was it was like at a a press conference or something like that. And uh, so that is interesting, though. Yeah. Well, now I'll say this about the one Bosa. He's got a better chance of winning a title, you know, because Jim Harbaugh is going to win. In LA, it's funny that people are like, Oh, he's got the salary. Cap. He just, that doesn't matter, man. This guy is a winner and he knows how to assemble a staff, he knows how to assemble a team, and he knows how to win. He is, frankly, the best coach probably of his era. If you look, you everybody's gonna say Nick Saban. If Jim Harbaugh had the resources at, at Alabama, he would have been the same type of coach. But how many coaches have gone out and done it at the NFL level and the collegiate level? It's like two or three. And really only one that's done it without, uh, you know, I mean, this this guy, he's just, he's a legend. As, as everybody says, he's just a flat out legend.
1: He jumped right out of playing to coaching and basically immediately after two years becomes a head coach and then wins everywhere. Pretty unheard of. Obviously had the, not advantage, I mean, it was an advantage, but growing up around the game with his dad and everything. But I mean, just pretty incredible. I'm sure we'll talk about this before the draft. We have a couple months, but if there's one guy on the list that Jim Harbaugh could pick, who do you think would be the perfect fit?
2: Mikey Sane-Ristel?
1: Yeah. He's He's going to take him if he's there in the third or fourth.
2: I would take him in a heartbeat, and, uh, you know, I get it. You know, everybody talks about measurables and everything like that, but the Detroit Lions started becoming really, really good when they didn't just rely on that, and they relied on culture and guys that might be in the neighborhood but just had that will to win, like an Aiden Hutchinson, right? How many people were saying that they should have taken? the what's his name that went to the Giants over Aiden Hutchinson? You know? Yeah, Thibodeau. Yeah, see, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he's going to be a good player, but guys that win titles are guys that are great football players and great teammates. Mikey Saner still is a Michigan legend. Uh, no, he's not Charles Woodson, but he is in that next tier of guys that uh, makes a position switch and was so good, and uh, he's a three-time Big Ten champ and a national champion. Uh, love that guy. Love the, everything that he uh, represented. He represented that program so well. His parents should be very proud of him.
1: No doubt. Um. Yeah, he is a legend many times over at this point. I, I'll go with another legend. I think Blake Corum. It sounds like Austin Eckler is going to leave in free agency. I, I think he'd be a perfect fit. I actually don't buy that he's not going to be a good NFL running back. I think, or you know, he's probably better college than he was NFL. But uh, I, I think he's going to be really good. And I think Blake Corum would be a guy that Jim Harbaugh wants. And Blake said in an interview he would love to to play there. So that would be kind of fun to watch. But um let's move on to some defensive staff moves uh Sharon Moore pretty much wraps up his defensive staff still waiting on Mike Hart on the offensive side of the ball they've been a little bit quiet there but defensively you have Wink Martindale as the coordinator uh Greg Scruggs expected to come in as the defensive line coach out of Wisconsin Brian Jean-Marie coming from Tennessee he was here at Michigan in 2020 that luckily for us, sometimes news breaks right after we record this one right before we recorded. So that was nice. Coming in as linebackers coach, Steven Adagoke, who was here as a GA in 2021, learned the defense under Mike McDonald. Uh, then goes to the 49ers to become a quality control coach. He gets taken by D'Amico Ryans, who's an elite defensive coach, to uh, become the the safeties coach of the Texans. Michigan's able to get him out of the NFL as the defensive backs coach. Um and then, you know, you have J.B. Brown as special team. So they're not going to have a safeties and corners coach, which I, I liked having two guys in, in the back end there, but sounds like it'll be Adagoke exclusively there. But your thoughts on uh, this defensive staff looking like it's in the final stages of being wrapped up.
2: Yeah, let's wait until they're signed before we yes. you know, completely celebrate. It's funny because when we were talking about clink scale, you know, saying, "Look, you know, there's still a chance that he could go," and everybody's else. Oh no, he's wrapped up, so on and so forth. You know, uh, until it's done, it's not done. But it's really looking good. So I like, I like these guys. Um, again, they're young, right? And there's there are going to be some things that they learn. Uh, which is why having a veteran like a Wink Martindale there, I think, is is going to help these guys, right? Um, but Brian Jean-Marie, I was talking to my buddy Brent Hubbs at BallQuest. He said he really developed talent well. A lot of people who were here said, well, it was kind of mixed reviews on him in 2020. There were mi- mixed reviews on everybody in 2020. That's just not fair to say, okay, he didn't do the job or, or whatever. Because every position group sucked, frankly, on that team, uh, with, with little exception and it was just not, uh, it's a, it was a write-off year. So, but great recruiter. Uh, these guys are all familiar with each other. I think they're going to work really, really well together as a staff. I think recruiting is going to be huge again for Sharon Moore going forward until he gets more and more experience as a head coach. And I think he's got a bunch of guys that can do that. So uh, I'm excited about it uh, for them. I'm excited again for Sharon Moore getting his opportunity. Um, and I think you know what? The first year is going to be huge. And the sooner that they can get these guys in here and work on these guys, because there's still that spring spring transfer portal clay when guys could get in there. I don't think they're going to lose anybody in the 30 days after Jim Harbaugh left, but these guys have to develop relationships with these guys and uh, do that. Keep this team intact and let's go, man. Let's see what happens this fall.
1: Yeah. The thing about Jean Marie too, is it was so hard to judge exactly what that was. As you mentioned, he was, He's known as a very good recruiter and I think you know EJ talks about that. I mean they weren't really able to recruit in person much at all. I think when he was on staff maybe for like a month or two uh, after he was hired um, you know it's it's kind of an incomplete but then you read about what he did as you mentioned at Tennessee and you know I was reading something from the guys over at VolQuest that said uh, on their message board uh, one of the staff members said there was the linebacker room at Tennessee was the worst position room maybe in the power five when he got there and they've wow. seen steady improvement throughout their time, Aaron Beasley, a kid who has improved quite a bit. So excited to, to talk to those guys and, and kind of hear more about firsthand what he did, the impact he made, because there's much more of a sample size at Tennessee in those three seasons than there was at Michigan in that one year, even though it looked like maybe Michigan was going to hire somebody over him. But then he interviewed with the Jaguars. Michigan wouldn't pay his ba- uh, uh, buyout. Don't blame Jim Harbaugh for being petty against Trent Balkin, Urban Meyer, who were trying to hire him. Um, but he's back, and I think that you know he has a great rapport with Sharon Moore. They coached together at Louisville as well. Uh, CB, you're, you're, we're seeing a lot of hires where you know these are guys that either coach or worked with Sharon Moore at Michigan or at Louisville. Uh, Scruggs, same thing there, and I think the familiarity can be nice as he kind of grows his network. I think the fact that Don uh, Martindale signed off on these guys on the defensive side. Speaks to uh, what they can do as well. So you know, but we're definitely noticing a trend with you know yeah. Steve Kasula, um, JB Brown, you know Adigoke, uh, uh Jean Marie Scruggs. I mean, you could really go down the line. It's it's pretty much everybody with a tie to Sharon Moore. And I mean, them coming back and leaving places like Tennessee where they're pretty established, I think does speak to what they believe in with Sharon Moore. As
2: long as they're not just yes men. Uh, I would say. Agree. That is one thing. You know, Bo Schoenbechler had guys that were challenging him all the time. He'd just um, fire him. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'd come back the next day. Yeah. Or that afternoon. <laughs> and I, uh, like, I remember that Jerry Hamlin story. Uh, you're fired Hamlin. He goes, you hired, you fired me last week. Bo." you know, type of thing. So as long as he is willing to, as long as they are willing to challenge him and bounce ideas off him. And if something's not working, you know what, go at it and let him know, because to me, that's important. Uh, you can't, have somebody, you know, that just says, "Yeah, you're doing great" because of job security or because he's your buddy or something like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see that how that that dynamic works on this staff as well. So, um, but more than anything, I think there there are a lot of good coaches on this staff. And you know, when you get when you lose guys like Klingscale, to me, one of the best secondary coaches in the country right? Mike Elston, one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. Now, talent makes you look better too. But again, when you look at a guy like Josh Wallace and what Klinkscale was doing with him back there, you know, um, just fantastic. So we'll see. And, but let's get through spring. Let's keep all these guys here. But on top of that, go out and get a quarterback in the portal, uh, you know, go out and get a wide receiver, go out and get uh, another linebacker and another corner and get this thing going, man. It's like, Sharon Moore told his team that this is, you know what, the expectations aren't going to change just because we lost all these guys. You better come back here and expect to win a championship again. So go out and make it happen. It sounds like now they've got the NIL game going to the point where they can be, make some strong ass offers as will Wade might say. And uh, there exactly.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. No great points. I'm interested to hear about from the players when we get to talk to them in the spring about what these new, Staff additions have brought to the team. I'm interested. We probably won't hear a ton about it, but just how much the defense is going to be. All right, wink, kind of go do your thing, and you know, Sharone can focus on offense and and the uh, you know rest of being a head coach, which is you know basically there probably aren't enough hours in the day to uh, to do all those tasks these days for college football head coaches. But um, no, I, I think he's he's done a pretty good job here making some hires, and uh, we will see how it kind of comes together. We'll see what happens with Mike Hart as well as time goes on. Let's finish real quick with basketball. Um, Let's start with this part of it. Ward Manuel uh, spoke yesterday on Wednesday um, and basically gave a quote that I didn't read much into. It was, I'm not thinking about making any changes at this time to the basketball program. He's focused on supporting Juwan Howard. He said they have to be better. They know that. Um, you know, pretty standard answer that I don't think is worthy of outrage or an indication of what's going to happen in the future.
2: I agree 100 percent. What's he supposed to say? Juwan's right. on the hot seat. He better win three or four games down the stretch or we're going to fire him. No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, it's about action. Right. And to me. Uh, something's got to change flat out. Uh, you know, who knows what that'll be and who knows what that is in Ward Manuel's mind. But, you know, we've heard too much about the basketball program in the last few years that have been, that's been negative more than positive. And when you don't make the tournament, you know, let's be, let's be honest. Um, when they made the sweet 16, that's always an accomplishment, but they were lucky to be in the tournament that year. They beat Ohio state on the road without Hunter Dickinson. Remember that to get, yes. to get back. The uh, Devontae the Jones game, Or they are not in the tournament. And then you're talking three years in a row. And, but the trend has been going down and, uh, the culture, when you lose a guy like John Sanderson, who I have great respect for, uh, as a strength coach, this guy, uh, you know, is, uh, one of the, you know, just a good guy. You know, I know I've known him well for 12 years and, um, that's an issue, uh, flat out. And, uh, regardless what happened, that's an issue. Uh, and you know, when he's the one he's talking about culture and you look at it and, Uh, There are some things out there when you watch them play, Clay, in terms of body language between each other and everything else and guys making the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, And then you hear portal rumblings that you can tell that the culture isn't where it needs to be. So what's going to happen, I don't know. But I don't blame Ward Manuel for not coming down on his coach right now and saying he's going to be gone if this doesn't improve. That doesn't do anything for me.
1: Yeah, and I know Chris Holtman was fired yesterday at Ohio State, but it's never been Ward Manuel's forte to – make a move like that in season at Michigan you know Chris Holtman was on the hot seat a year ago Um, and look I don't really think it benefits Ohio State that much that they did this I mean I guess you get the jump start on you know back channeling but all the guys that are out there are going to be coaching their teams anyway for the next few weeks at least you guys you would hope to consider hopefully are coaching them for about a month uh, plus longer but um, then what, what do you think happens Saturday night Michigan Michigan State
2: I don't know. I think they can give them a battle. They've been playing teams like that well at home. Uh, the problem is, is that you're probably going to have 30%, 35% Michigan state fans there, which is going to be embarrassing. And that should never happen at a place like Michigan. Of course, last place in the big 10 should never happen at a place like Michigan. 10th place in the big 10 should never happen at a place like Michigan. It's unacceptable. So, uh, and yes, it's a fickle fan base when it comes to hoops, but when, It is good. It is so damn good, as we found under John Beeline, right? Uh, There are, I go back and I get goosebumps watching some of those clips of how good those teams were and how loud it was in that arena. So to see it deteriorate to what it's become is flat out unacceptable. So I think uh, think they could win. Uh, At the same time, would it stun me if they get down by 10 points and then they kind of roll over and start making stupid mistakes? Absolutely not.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, it, it will be interesting to see. It's funny. I know they didn't have Doug the last two games, but the fact that that team beat a top 10 team, right? Illinois, or uh, Wisconsin was number nine or six or whatever it was last Wednesday. And then basically the entire game against Nebraska and the entire game uh, in the game the other night is garbage time and, you know, against Illinois. So I know they didn't have Doug, but at least they're going to have him on Saturday. It gives him a chance. I think Ken Palm has him as six-point underdogs. We'll see with the Vegas line. I think that's impacted now by their how bad they've been on the road. So, actually, I think Vegas will have it a little bit closer. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that is Saturday night at 8 o'clock um, at Chrysler. So, if you're a Michigan fan, get your tickets and don't sell them online because they may get snatched up by Spartans, which happened at Spartan Stadium last October, which God. was – Pretty fun to watch. Uh, Ann Arbor from... East. Ann Arbor West, I mean. Ann Arbor West. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. That was a heck of a game. Yeah. Um, so that is going to be our show for this week. We'll see everybody again Monday. Again, please like the video on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Head to the Wolverine.com for all of your Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting coverage. Special offer promo code UM1. UM, the numeral one, gets you two months of premium access for just $1. We'll see everyone next time.